Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Marcy Unplugged Season 4. I'm just going to rename this the Legends Tour because like, I swear to God, we've got so many great people and today's no different. We've got probably one of the best persuaders ever, in my opinion. Um, and someone that I've studied, I've read their articles, I've watched their videos, I've taken their one of their courses and so respected amongst everyone that I work with, including myself. The guy's just a genius. Um, none other than Kenrick Cleveland. Kenrick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, there's just so much to say about the body of work you've produced and how you've impacted so many lives, including my own um, personally, which we will get into in a minute. But right before we begin, I just want to do a quick shout out to the sponsors. Um, as always, guys, go check out maxpersuasion.com. Uh, that is Kendrick's uh, Kendrick's site, and that is where you can you can actually pick a free PDF um, that helps you get more yeses in your sales and communication. He's really when I say Kendrick's good. Okay, anyone that's listened to the show for a long time knows I have a bit of an ego about how good I am at writing copy and persuading people with the ridiculous results I've got. Kenrick is about eight levels above me, if at the very minimum. I'd say ten levels above me at the very minimum. The man can do it. Just just go study. You'll understand. Make sure you have your credit card in hand because I guarantee you'll want to buy everything the man's got. Just saying. Just in the heads up on that one. Uh, also sponsored by AdamMarcy.com. Go check it out. Listen to previous episodes and sign up for the email training course that we have on there on how to write perfect emails. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just shift this right back over to you, Kenrick, very quickly. My first question is, you've been doing this for like, what, 40 plus years now, right? Yep, that's right. How did you get started? That That's like my first question, Lord, is how did you get started? Well, uh, long story short i had been was 18 years old trained in hypnosis selling for a living and uh doing some group hypnosis on the side and i went to a new rec center that had opened and uh and told the the owner that i wanted to you know rent a room for doing some group hypnosis training in in the uh in in the evenings and uh so he asked me you know what i knew of milton erickson and NLP, which it just was in its infancy, infancy. and uh, I said, "Well, I, yeah, I've, I've heard Erickson's name, but I don't know more about him than that." And NLP, what's that? And uh, he said, "Well, all right." He said, "Let's do it this way." He said, "Why don't you show me a little bit about what you got?" He said, "I'm a pretty easy subject. I'm just going to close my eyes and go ahead." So I, you know, started talking, and about you know, 60 seconds later, he says, "Okay, okay, okay, I got it." He said, "Let me let me just be blunt. I wouldn't rent a room to somebody who wasn't extremely studied in Ericksonian hypnosis and who didn't understand about NLP." But here's a flyer, and Richard Bandler's coming to town in a few weeks, and I'd highly recommend you be there. So I looked over the flyer. The flyer said it would give me anything that. I wanted. If I would attend the event, he would give me anything I wanted. So I started researching NLP, and uh, you know this is back in the uh, in the very late 70s uh, or so, right? 79 ish, 78 maybe. <laughs> and um, so you know I I, I I found out enough to know that you know first of all they had done you know modeling of the great therapist, especially. Dr. Milton H. Erickson, and I thought, well, man, living this is this is my chance. I guess I'm going to go. So I did, didn't have the money. Uh, I used my rent money. Um, <laughs> I, I think this. 
Go on. Huh? Saying, sorry, you were saying? No, it's okay. I, I was just going to say, I don't think there's ever been a time where people like us, we tend to always play with our rent money at times because we're like, we'll get it back. It's fine. I, well, I, I didn't know how I'd get it back, but, I, you know, partly I was angered by this guy who, at, at that point, I was certified as a, up through the level of hypnotherapist, and I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, and 18 <laughs> years old, what can you say, you know? So, uh, you know, for him to have dismissed me so out of hand like that was frustrating. So I thought, well, all right, let's go see what this stuff is. So I got there, and I had learned that NLP has practitioners and master practitioners and trainers, and back then, in the real days, trainer was by invitation only. It was not something you paid, you know, a few thousand bucks for and did over the period of a weekend. It was a, it was by invitation only, and that was after grueling certifications at the level of practitioner and master practitioner. So I went there, and I was, you know, I was a typical smart ass, and and I walked right up to the front of the room, and I saw this guy up there, and I figured that had to be, you know, Richard Bandler, and I said, "Are you Richard Bandler?" And he looked at me, and he goes, "Yeah, who are you?" I said, well, I'm Kendrick Cleveland. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I thought, what is it with this group? Everybody dismisses me. And he goes, uh, what do you want? And I said, well, here, look at your flyer. It says that you'll give me anything I want. He goes, that's right. I said, okay, I want to be a trainer of NLP. I want the certificate. He goes, great. Well, I, I didn't bring any certificates with me. I didn't figure anyone would ask me for something like that. But I can just write it right here on this napkin if you want. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was hoping for something a little nicer. And he goes, well, I mean, if, it's, if you just want me to say that you're a trainer, I can say that now. I can announce it to everybody. Is that what you want, or, or do you want to really be a trainer? I said, well, no, I, I want to really be a trainer. And he said, in other words, you want to have mastery of these skills. And I said, yes, that's right. He said, you mean you want to actually affect people as a trainer, you want to be able to have the ability to enter into people's minds and help them make a change. I said, that's exactly what I want. He said, I will give that to you before you leave. I said, okay. So I sat down, went and found my place and uh, the um, seminar began and man, I didn't understand a thing he was saying. I mean, it was so far off the deep end. I, I thought, you know, I'd entered a doctorate degree and I didn't didn't have, you know, a high school education is what it felt like. I mean, it just felt, it was just way off the deep end. Finally, he stopped after a few hours and a couple of demonstrations. He said, does anybody have any questions? And I quickly raised my hand. I said, I do. And he slowly turned and he pointed at my raised hand. And he said to me, look at your hand. And I did. And that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> wow. When I opened my eyes, everyone was gone. There was nobody there in the room anymore. The seminar room was full. It was 150 people or more. Nobody was there. I didn't hear him go. And I freaked out. I, I found him down eating lunch. I had apparently sat there for at least an hour. And uh, when I walked in the door, he smiled big and he looked at me and he said, Oh, you decided to join us. And everyone laughed. And I thought, What was so funny? And, uh, and he, he came up to me and he said, I just want you to know, I gave you what you asked for. And from that minute forward, I have been driven, uh, driven, I tell you, to really, really master these skills and, you know, help people with them. So it's, it's been quite a journey. That's how I got started. You know, that's kind of the short version. That's incredible. See, I just love like how 
that's that and of course your purpose to help some, to gain mastery and also help others do it now something i really wanted to touch upon here um is quite simply how people can persuade themselves because one of the key sure. things uh, one of the key things i've always said um that i always believe in is that before you can persuade anyone else you must be able to persuade yourself to do something because if you can't persuade you yes you can persuade others but it's not as effective long term well, let me help you see that a little different, okay? What, what, while that sounds like it should make sense, what I'm going to tell you is kind of counterintuitive. But when you watch and see what motivates people to make changes, you reflect like a mirror into your own heart. As I see you be able to make a change, it points out to me how I could make that change. And an easier doorway sometimes in to helping ourselves change is beginning to be aware of how people, even companies and organizations make changes, even political systems. How are changes made? How do things happen like that? What does it take to make somebody willing and open to a different point of view? And as we see that in others, we reflect it in ourselves. So sometimes... If, we, if you find yourself blocked or stuck and unable to make a change, sometimes the easiest way is to say then, so what does it take my fellow man to make a change? And when we see that, we can apply that on our own lives a little bit more effectively. That's incredible. That is actually just so incredible as a side note of its own, right? And that just breeds this other question I have in my mind more than anything, which is how would one actually not even study, but how would one model the change that others do, that others have gone through? Well, I don't know that I'd, I would say model it would be the right thing. That reminds me, um, <laughs> there's, there's groups uh, in, in Central America that want to study poverty. <laughs> okay. I, I just die laughing when I hear this because, you know, it, why wouldn't you know? So why wouldn't we want to study wealth? Why would we, why would we want to study poverty? I mean, do you want to learn how they get poor and then do it yourself? And what's funny is all these groups that are studying it tend to be really poor with really poor people that work for them. Wow! <laughs> and do do we want to teach the people how to be poor, or are we really better off studying studying wealth? Because everybody knows how they are currently. You know, poor people know how they're poor. <laughs> yeah. The difference is showing them how to be wealthy. So I don't think we want to necessarily study how people are, are not working well. I think we want to study how they work well and, and what are the opportunities to engage that. And I think, as, again, you know, one of, the, one of the great things that we've got for ourselves is, is as we engage these principles in our own lives, we can come to a level of peace and a level of understanding that helps us to see the world in diff through different eyes. <clears throat> so it's, uh, you know, I, I think as we look at businesses, as we look at copy, as we look at anything, and by the way, you have nothing to fear for me on copy. Uh, I don't write copy. I, I, I teach a lot of copywriters mm -hmm. um, persuasion skills, but I don't do copy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, my business partner does. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's one of the things I really do like about um, the persuasion facts that you actually sh shared 
even in this call, but you have shared freely on YouTube, on your Facebook group, which by the way, guys, if you're not a part of, go on Facebook right now and look up Always Be Persuading. You'll see I'm a member. Kenrick asks you two questions to join, but there are some real great people on there that some amazing persuaders that are doing some great things. But my whole point was that like, um, it's incredible to me like how you can teach a principle like persuasion and apply it to so many different things, sales, daily life, relationships, uh, copywriting, a business, but it just every area of aspect of life can have this master key, which is persuasion. So one of my bigger questions I actually had pre, again, everyone that knows me knows I don't really like to come onto a show uh, prepared, so to say, with like a bunch of questions, but this one was definitely one that was on my mind to ask you particularly. When it comes down to understanding the persuasion as either a science or an art form as it is, what are the key, what are the key things that someone needs to understand and i'll give you the context of this so for instance to understand um how to get more yeses for instance and how to get more more money sent to you through uh better clients and persuading people to work with you how does one become better and how does one begin to master persuasion <clears throat> well Thank you for the soft softball question. The, the easy answer is one studies. <laughs> um, but, okay, so let, let's take a look at, at some of those. You know, persuasion is really all about strategy, and it's all about being able to reach into someone's heart and touch their emotions. Um, when you can do that reliably and repeatedly, then you can really get somewhere. And one of the best ways to do that, which is so easy, if you're a writer, for example, mm -hmm. then you want to learn how the market is thinking. You want to understand them so well that you are them. And to do that, I recommend interviewing a good number of people in your market that would equal ideal clients. And to do that, one of the ways that I would look at real strongly is to elicit the values of your market. So if you elicit the values of your market, values are always tied to an emotion and nobody recognizes it. So let, let me just give you a, a, a quick example. So we have a, uh, a mentoring program coming up down the road. So let's say that I am talking with you and I say to you, you call up to, to talk about this kind of thing. And I say, Adele, tell me, What's important to you about learning to get yeses and, and have this powerful tool that, that you're referring to as persuasion to be able to use it more effectively? Tell me what's important about that to you, would you? Okay, so what's important to me about that? Um, it's knowledge, but also being able to influence positively other people's lives. Okay, well, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. What is it that's important to you about influencing people's lives positively becoming significant a significant change for good more or less because again while it can be used for dark side stuff such as you know using it for my own gain gain for no one else by influencing many people it also gains me significance in their lives and significance in my own so so let me let me make sure i'm understanding so being good at this would give you greater significance Yes. Okay. And what will that significance do for you? Help me attain more freedom. Great. You know, one of the things 
Adil, that I'll tell you is uh, not having freedom sucks. Yeah. Not having freedom is not only limiting, which is obvious, but it doesn't feel good, does it? No. When you don't have freedom, you always ask yourself and say to yourself things like, well, I wish I could do this, but I can't. But the other side of it is, if you had freedom, ultimately, what would you be doing with it? Um, God. Okay, so I'd definitely be spending more, well, if I had more freedom for other, for things, I'd probably be spending more time training, pursuing artistic pursuits and charitable stuff that I already am engaged in, but ramp it up so I do more of it and spend more time Perfect. with my family. Perfect. You know, gaining that kind of significance so you can have the freedom to pursue your artistic pursuits and the things you want to do is exactly why people study with me. That's exactly why they do what they do. It's exactly why you probably called because you really want that. And you know you do deep inside. It's just a matter now of understanding how you can have that as a result of working together. Now, tell me right this minute, how do you feel hearing that? Inspired um, to, to, to work together, but simultaneously also part of my brain is kind of switching on to um, the whole idea of this is a masterclass what you're doing right now and my brain's kind of like in battle between get out the classroom but simultaneously give him money it's really weird <laughs> well so so look here's what's interesting i just elicited your values and i just used them very nicely to help me and you have a particular outcome and it did that because it connected you to your deep values. Now, those in your list that are listening right now, you know, they're not, it may not have that same impact on them because they don't necessarily have your values. I can assure you those that do are having the same impact or nearly the same impact as you are. But everyone that I do this with or that I can, you know, I teach people to do this with has this impact that you're describing. So when we talk about persuading ourselves, we're talking about really reaching down into our own emotions and values, and we're talking about using that intrinsic level of motivation to get ourselves to move forward, to act. And when we're talking about influencing others, we do it right through those values, just like I showed you. So it's, it's this kind of thing, it's covert in the sense that it, it, it's like being, um, you know, hiding, hiding right in the open. I, I'm doing a, an absolute set of skills right here. However, I absolutely care about what I'm doing. It comes across that way. And, and you get lost in your feeling, which is precisely where I want you to be as I connect it to what I want you to feel that way about. And that's, the real magic right there. Wow. That guys, please do yourselves a huge favor. Um, rewind and re and listen to that all again and take notes. So what I would do is if you're a, a copywriter, for example, and you are tasked with, you know, writing a, the next huge piece, 
that is going to control your market, go call 20 of your best clients in that market and do what I just did. Then aggregate those values. See how, see how many of them they all say they all have in common. And those are the values you're going to weave through your copy. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more, but that's a great start. And it's one of the best ways into the heads of your market and into the hearts of your market, which is even more important. It's really all about emotion. But so many times people say, well, you know, you got to get into the emotion of the prospect. So they use all these tricky, you know, verbs and all these tricky words to try to, to inspire emotion. It doesn't need that. What it needs is really understanding, not verbal wizardry but deep understanding and that comes by talking i agree so much with you because you've actually validated the process i use um so just give you an idea do you mind if i share with you the process i use for actually getting the research down for copy projects please yeah so the first thing I always do is I like to interview the client that is selling the service so I can get, so I can A, speak in their voice, their tonality, and understand what they're speaking about because I have this very weird thought process that was triggered by Frank Kern about seven years ago when he hired someone else and several other people since to write his emails for him. He went from sounding a certain way to sounding completely different and you can see it in his email copy, just the, the energy was completely different. It didn't read like him anymore. And that inspired me to start like, whenever I sat down to um, understand my clients, I wanted to speak like them. I wanted to get all their knowledge and so on and so forth. So that's the first thing I did. The second, uh, and it's something I'm going to be teaching more of when I actually start, uh, that I do with my mentees, but also teaching on a mass scale, is the research phase. And it's very similar to you, except for I don't do it with 20. I unfortunately only do it with five people, like their five best clients, uh, to elicit why they bought, what results they've received, um, what they felt like before, during, and after. So basically get as much research as possible. And then I would ask them very strange questions, like what, what TV shows do they like? What movies are they into? What interests do they share? And then I would start taking myself through their interests, watching their TV shows, whatever was common, I put myself through. So by the time I got to the point of writing copy, I would understand that the ideal person I'm speaking to and selling to has a very similar type mindset, understanding what they're feeling before, during, and after, and weaving in pop culture references in the email sequences that I'd write for my client. Pop culture references that their prospects, their ideal prospects already could relate to and that's how i that's how right. i basically that's how i do my writing so you validated entirely uh how i already do my research but just makes me makes me want to expand it further to 20 people rather than just five well and do that simple process of eliciting their values because that's really what's motivating them all values serve to move us towards an objective like being um, <clears throat> relevant, like you know, like you were talking about, uh, you know, like having more time to do your art, right? They move us towards something, and they move us away from things like not having freedom in your yes. case. So when you know that about your market, 
And that's why you need a little bit b bigger sample size. But when you really understand what those deep values are, you know the emotions. And when you know those, now eliciting them in your copy is easy. So I just add that extra little piece, and and man, you're you're that's a that's a great process you just described. Thank you. And now I'm slightly flabbergasted because it's kind of like compliments from like your hero, <laughs> just like completely throw me a little bit. Um, one of my heroes, really, because you know it, it's the same as um, when I spoke to Jay a couple of like a month ago, uh, Abraham, and he was critiquing some of my work for me because um, I'm writing for him as well. It was one of the weirdest moments of my career where I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't really understand how long I've been following him. I mean, I mean, like I'm 28, but I've been following Jay since I was 15. <laughs> so it's like, I finally get to speak to him. It's crazy. And I've been following you since I was about 21. So again, huge moment uh, as in what it is. But like to, to, to trace it right back and something I do want to discuss as well is this idea of programming. Because in your, pro in your training, the propaganda switch you do actually elicit this question, why do you think they call it programming? And again, while it's, unless you have Apple's spending budget, a lot of the propaganda uh, that, it's more of a nation's game than it is a, a business or an industry game. Right. Um, but there are obviously principles that can be transcended throughout and used at a lower level of like niche businesses. So my question really is, um, when it comes down to propaganda, what are the key fundamental areas that you can use for persuasion, for the positive, for your lower class business, for your niche business that you're running in? Well, so, you know, here, here's part of the problem with that question. Propaganda generally takes advantage of installing fear and instability. So a good way to, 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 to say that is, uh, like, you know, quote news channels have the, 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 the basic rule that if it bleeds, it leads, they need to find something bleeding. That's why you always hear them say breaking news, breaking news. Well, you know, everything isn't breaking news. You know, when you have a 24 hour cycle, Right. You, I mean, you know, you run out of things to say, but they still say breaking news. We're following this important story. And it's breaking news. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> those are those kinds of things are designed to throw you off balance, to keep you unstable, to, to, to put in a little bit of fear, to lock you in like you can't take your eyes off this. Then you got to realize there is more than one way to say something. So in, in the group, uh, always be persuading, we talk a lot about framing and how to frame issues. So here I let people bring in political framing. However, the rule is, number one, we are not having political discussions. That is not gonna happen in the group, plain period and simple. Anybody who expresses a political opinion gets booted. Number two, say the frame. Okay, we could say something like, you know, uh, Donald Trump uh, attempts to avoid, um, you know, facing justice by talking to Mueller, Mueller, whatever his name is. Right. So that's the frame. So the deal is you have to then come up with an opposite frame and present it. So it might sound like uh, Trump exerts all of his civil rights 
to like any citizen could or would uh, to protect himself. That might be the opposite. And then you have to present a neutral frame. And the neutral frame could be um, interviews with um, authority can sometimes be problematic. <laughs> so the idea is it causes you to look at things from different points of view. Breaking news could be we have nothing else to talk about, so let's talk about this. <laughs> you know. So if we start breaking apart the frames that are being used to control us all the time, we begin to see a couple of interesting things. Number one, we can slant something any way we want. Right? The owner of a business can say, all right, look, you got about five minutes. Go ahead. Give me your little pitch, Adam. Go ahead. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or, or you could come back with, well, that's cute, and thank you so much, but I don't do little pitches. I'm, clearly, you, you've mistaken me for you know, maybe a lesser writer. But if, if you're looking for that kind of thing, I could certainly make a recommendation if you'd like. Huh. So, in other words, I don't accept the frame. I choose the frame. He who sets the frame generally wins if they know what they're doing. So, before you can set a frame, you have to be able to hear the frame. The frame in propaganda is fear. How can we use the techniques in our own lives or in the lives of businesses, those that we work with, or even just for ourselves. And that is learn to be able to set the frames. Learn to hear them. Hear them by taking a headline and asking yourself what would be the reverse of that headline? And then what would be a neutral example of that headline? And then get thee to always be persuading and you'll learn how. <laughs> it's easy. But I mean, the, the point is, is that this is one of the best ways that you can do that. You can make frames work for you, period. And you can do it really easily by learning to see them first. The, the trick to, to propaganda is they keep you from seeing them by simply throwing you off base all the time. Another school shooting. Another AK-47 assault rifle used to gun down innocent children. Okay, great. Then again, you know, how about a crazy person goes after whoever is closest to him and commits mayhem and murder for whatever reason? Well, that's a little different frame, isn't it? Yep. How about... How about Another school shooting happened. This time, the shooter was taken out by an armed teacher. Very few people were injured. Oh, that's a whole different frame. How mm -hmm. can we start looking at and controlling the frames? You know, doesn't matter which side you're on. I'm not trying to talk about in particular any particular oh, no. side. Th this is just more or less an example. Yeah. yeah, this is just an example of what's out there. In fact, I was going to add another example to that, if I may, just curiously because i think that might actually help out as well um and this is one i'm familiar with is uh another quote-unquote terrorist attack done and immediately the association of that frame is of someone of middle eastern heritage it's almost an immediate symbolization between the two words yes 
So that's incredible, like how you fit. Now, you've actually touched upon this already. And again, because my brain is always going to ask questions for clarification more than anything, because I, I, I truly believe if I can get clear on something, it, it helps me understand better. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking. And that right. is the idea of understanding frames. Now, I know you actually have posts in uh, Always Be Persuading that are linked to this, but just as a quick rundown, Actually, for those listening, which post would they have to search for in order to truly understand the basics of hearing the frame and then setting the frame? Well, great question. And I got an easy answer because the Facebook frames are very lengthy. So what you can do is when you get into the Always Be Persuading group, there is a files section. Excellent. In that files section is a list of, of links that will step you right through this process so you can get get right up to speed and start seeing it in action. So just go to the files section, look at the doc in there, and you'll you be right off to the races. Excellent. Yeah, I'm actually doing this right now, by the way. So frames, okay. uh, I think it's the second one in that you just so many great ones there that are just ready to rock and roll. So this is my evening now planned, by the way, <laughs> of me just studying more of Kendrick's stuff. Now, to kind of like go completely off kilter here for a second, well, not completely off kilter, but just ask a very uh, a different question in particular, and that is this idea of, um, I love reading, um, even though I'm more of an audio type of person myself personally, I do like reading books, and hence why I pick so many of them up. What, were th what are like three books, in your opinion, that every persuader should have in their personal library? Well... Now we have uh, now we have a conundrum. Let's because, go with five. Let's go with five. Well, let's do this. Let me give you my conundrum. Persuasion can be thought of in scientific terms. Um, it can be thought of in terms of um, you know a, a, a linguistic skill, and it, it can be thought of in many different ways. The problem is most of persuasion is not learnable in books. Yes. that you like audio type things is great because books are only going to get you so far. So what you end up with is a bunch of people with a little bit, little training in NLP or even a lot, a lot of times in NLP or hypnosis. And, you know, they're using all this lingo. That's another one of the rules and always be persuading. I don't allow lingo. And if anybody persists in it, they get booted. Mm -hmm. So no lingo. Why? Well, if I can't tell you in simple words, what something is that I don't know it well enough and I shouldn't be spewing knowledge as if I'm knowledgeable. Okay. So, so, you know, there are a couple of foundational works that I think are really interesting. Um, uh, Dr. Cialdini has two books in particular, the first book influence, which is a real classic in the field. Mm -hmm. And the second one is called persuasion. And that also has a framing bent to it and is one of my favorites. So I, w I would say those two are really, are really worth a person's time. The problem is most people will get their hands on those books, read them and go, oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay, yeah, I am. So yeah, I guess I need to get people to commit to something. How am I gonna do that? Well, you know, whatever. Okay, I've read the books, you know, now let's move on. Now what's something good? You know, and then you say, you know, hey, 101 ways to learn to write headlines. You're like, oh, yeah, let's go for that. You know, 
Well, you know, it, it, it's the same thing in, uh, in persuasion. There are things called language patterns, like embedded commands and stuff like that. And, and you, you get all these newbies that get all excited about, oh, boy, I'm going to learn how to do embedded commands. Well, I call that special sauce stuff. <laughs> and a hamburger that only has special sauce and doesn't have the meat, doesn't have the cheese, doesn't have anything else, doesn't even have the bun. You just get a little bit of sauce there on your plate. You know, that's not very appealing, right? Nope. So you got, you got to go to where the meat is. You got to go to where you really are getting something of value. And, you know, going off in the wrong direction with books is really not a, a great way to go because you're not going to get that much from it. The real thing about persuading, it, and it, it's, it's kind of indirect still, but is selling. So if you can sell, then you can really get ahead. Underlying selling is persuasion. Think, think of it this way. When I, when I started off selling, you know, it was like the smoke. And I kept looking for the fire. I kept hearing people tell me things like, you know, if you just talk to enough people, you can make things work and you'll get more money and you'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, man, there's some good stuff here. Or, or the nonsensical ADA, you know, attention, interest, desire, close. Okay. You know, that kind of bullshit. Well, okay, there's, there's fire. There. I mean, there's smoke there. I mean, I'm, I, it smells to high heavens. It'll blind you if you look right in it. <laughs> you know, smoke in your eyes, <laughs> but won't we'll get very far. That's the problem. I set out making it my life's work to find the damn fire. Where is the fire? Where is the real power of this stuff? And it doesn't exist there. So if you're looking for that, look to really master selling and persuasion. When you can do that, now then, you can really get somewhere, either as a copywriter, as a marketing strategist, as a salesperson, as a coach, you know, whatever it is that, that you really want to do. So, you know, I don't get into a lot of books because I don't find a lot of value there. They don't really, they can't really teach you in writing how this works. Yeah. You can get some distance with it, but not much. But I would, I would say we start with, Cialdini would be a couple of the of the best places to look, and that's really just kind of a, a warm up exercise. Uh, to you know, to go much further, it's it's you know, and funny. Just in the group, somebody brought up, you know, they started talking about books again, and I shut it down every time it comes up because then you get people recommending all kind of books that they haven't even read and that that are nonsense anyway. <laughs> and, yep. You know, and, and I don't I don't want the group used that way. That's that's not the point of the group. The the point of the group is where we can all get together as professionals and, and have a conversation about how things work. And really, that's where you'll learn more of, you know, having conversations, really looking into what influences and motivates people. I mean, you can go all the way back to the sophists uh, in ancient Greece. And you'll learn a lot of the principles of logic and a lot of the principles of discourse. The sophists were fantastic at persuading people. I mean, Im immensely powerful. They were like our lawyers today to a certain extent, right? They would uh -huh. take on a case and go and go and persuade. You can read about that. Thing of it is, back then the people were a little bit more, maybe, shall we say, more highly schooled. 
and they understood logic a little bit better. And nowadays that, that's, that's missing. So we don't really use logic to get ahead. It's, re it's really funny, you know, how nowadays you know, people, you'll say something and some smart ass will say, do you have a site for that? You know, wh where, where can I find a link to look that up? You know, well, that and two bucks will buy you a, a small coffee at Starbucks, right? Right. So, you know, it, it, it's like logic doesn't persuade. So we can look at books on logic, but we're not going to get anywhere. We can look at books on science, and it'll give us a good, a good foundational understanding. But not until we really get more into the language. And that you need to hear more of in mm -hmm. order to really get where you want to go. So I'd recommend those two books, and I wouldn't get much further into books. That's incredible. See, I love that. My, my only caveat that I'd say is because I do love books. Um, the, the only reason I love them is because it's practice is the big thing for me. It's, yeah, but bad, bad practice still leads to bad results. Oh, entirely. You see, you got to make sure the books are written by somebody that knows, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the problem has become, well, I'd say in the last 20 years or so, that nearly everyone and their brother's publishing a book, and even though a lot of the information's not great. I'm seeing and they're all bestsellers, you know. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I have, uh, because I, I actually delayed um, launching my book because my book is called uh, The Alchemy of Persuasion. Nice. Um, because my in my belief, this is my own belief, and I actually stated it right at the get-go, my belief is persuasion is pretty much... People say that manipulation and influence are two sides of the same coin, right? The way I believe it is that when you turn that coin to the side, that line between the two is, in my opinion, persuasion, because you're borrowing from all aspects. Um, kind of like if you're a Star Wars fan... Like I am, I like to say you're essentially the gray Jedi at that point. You're no longer on the light side or the dark side, you're in the middle. And you then you see everything and you play with everything. Um, but you yourself have your own moral compass on what you do. But it's because of that same reason that everyone and their brother and mother and sister and everyone else in between is becoming a bestseller or something and most of their books are full of shit. And I'll say that publicly to their face as well. It's stopped me because it's kind of like that perfectionism thing in my head that kind of goes off and says will someone I respect read this and respect what I've written or would it just sound like a kindergartner trying to talk to an adult? Well, you know, another thing that I, I believe is, you know, I stopped giving a shit about people caring what I say or write. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, one. one of the, one of the problems is, is when we care, I mean, so, so I, I, let's say I'm thinking to myself, Oh my God, you know, will they respect me? They're not even thinking about me. Yeah. They're not even paying two rats behinds of attention to me. So uh, I'm, Kevin, I'm sitting here worried about it when I don't need to be worried about it. I should really be pursuing my success, my relevance, my, you know, my strategies and my freedom. If you get my point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the idea is that. You know, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about that, and I and I, you know, suggest to people don't be too, don't be so worried about that. Listen, persuasion is not dark or light; it is both. You're absolutely correct, and you need to know the dark to know the light. How do you know love if you don't know pain or mm -hmm. anger or hate or whatever you would would say would be another side of it? By knowing the multiple dimensions we begin to understand that subject 
because subjects aren't one-dimensional. That doesn't exist in reality. They are a combination of all these things. And the more we can understand one, we can understand the other. We can say a con person who does nothing but try to steal from others would certainly be using what we would consider to be negative persuasion. However, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could really understand what they're doing so that we could then use that part of what it is that works if we could really get in and understand it and use it for good? So see, I'll study anybody. <laughs> you know, I'll study the people that get results, whether they're they're based on negative or based on positive, because I can always adjust them to what I think is right. Yeah. So no, I, to I, me, I, I'd rather look at it that way. Yeah. No, that's actually how I um, how I personally do view it from time to time. But then again, my, again, overcoming that internal voice barrier is kind of getting there. Um, and I agree with you studying everyone um, that is of that level who managed to do it. Like, for instance, one of my favorite people, I won't say favorite people to say, actually it is, is uh, Edward Bernays. I like his books. I like who he oh, is. Oh, yeah. Classic old school kind of dude. I love what he does. But simultaneously, I also read, like, Hitler's essays and Hitler uh, the transcription of Hitler's um, rise to power in how he basically persuaded the entire nation, slowly coaxing them into basically be where they are, where they became. Yes. Um, and that is fascinating because you can take those same principles and apply them for good, as we just basically discussed. Watch him do a, a, a speech mm -hmm. and watch the audience all swaying in rhythm to oh, his yeah. work. It is a sight to behold that sends chills up and down my spine, both for positive and negative, every time I see that. Clearly, this man, you know, it w was horrific in, in what happened. Although he got there with principles that we would probably all agree to in the beginning. He just kept turning them more and more and more negative as he went off the deep end further and further. But his principles of persuasion are really profound. Yeah. Thing of it is, you know, his use of them was ugly and, and horrific and, you know, you can't say anything good about it. Still, it's useful to understand. Oh, yeah. it's Again, it's what, it comes down to studying those people and correcting, not even correcting, but using those same principles for good. You can do so. But, Kenrick, our time's almost up, my friend, and I just want to quickly ask you um, one thing in particular. If someone was starting out, they came to your website. Not even starting out. Yeah, let's, let's do it. They were starting out. They came to your website, and they were ready to buy a particular thing from you. Because I would urge everyone listening to the show, go buy something from Kendrick because I will guarantee you applying it will pay you back in knowledge application and how you do things. The, the man's a genius. Even his free stuff is brilliant, but his paid stuff is even better. What would you recommend that people start with? Well, I'd recommend that they go to always be persuading mm -hmm. from within that group in the, uh, in the, um, in that file section, there's a link to a course called Keys to Yes. That'd be a great place to start. Give you kind of a, a good overview, some really good principles that would help you in what you're doing. It's very inexpensive. And there's a link with a discount there in the group for anybody that would like to uh, to take advantage of that. You know, really, I think the, the real key answer to that question is 
get involved with us. Start to understand the value of of how this can help change your life. And as you do, you'll gravitate right to the right place. I mean, we talk about, you know, th- what we do and, and how we do it. We have a new mentoring program coming out on a group that's a, a group mentoring program. It's really spectacular. That might be the, the right place for for some. We have, uh, you know, uh, different things, depending on, on kind of where you're at and what you're looking for. We have a program called Image Spinning that's just off the charts, and that's really more about helping yourself. How do you motivate yourself and make changes internally? So, you know, I mean, we've 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 got a lot of things and and uh, we don't really push any one thing. We find that as people get involved and, and, you know, and start hanging out with us a little bit, they gravitate to where they need to go. And maybe there's something maybe they don't really need to get anything. Maybe they do. But as you get involved with this, you start to figure that out. So I would recommend that. Get involved, start partaking of, of what persuasion can mean for you in your own life. And and I think the best way to do that is in the Facebook group, and it doesn't cost anything to join. Just say Ad will send you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually a really fun way of you guys just joining. How did you find us? Adel. Okay, that works for us. Um, guys, check out maxpersuasion.com. Go on Kendrick's list. Just, again, join the Facebook group. I'm not even kidding. It's so amazing. I'm going to be doing uh, more work in there over the summer, which is a week away. Um, just simply because I, I, even myself, someone that basically studies persuasion and loves it and writes it, I'm never done. I'm never satisfied. I always want more and I'm, I'm still learning things. Like I've learned a lot during the show. So listen to it again. Um, and yeah, just follow everything Kendrick says and also really look at, you know, keep an open mind to how you, how you apply persuasion in your life and while keeping an open mind. Essentially what I'm saying, get involved with the group. It's incredible. Um, Kenrick, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, interviewing you, and I, I really hope you enjoyed this as well. Um, I have. It's been a lot of fun, and thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, I'm pleased to come into the lives of your uh, of those that that will be hearing this. And I, I'm just I'm really grateful. Thank you. Oh, thank you for actually taking the time today, guys. Go check out maxpersuasion.com, and also always be closing. Sorry, always be persuading, not always be closing, always be persuading on um, Facebook. And that, by the way, is how you get persuaded by watching a movie over and over and over again. And eventually it just becomes a a thought process when you watch too many sales movies. Um, But Kenrick, again, could not thank you enough, my friend. Guys, check it out. And as always, please make sure you rate, subscribe, review, and uh, share this episode um, because there's a lot of a lot of teachable moments. Um, I'll see you guys on the next episode.